So here we are with another episode of After the Fact with the Knowing Faith Podcast. This is JT English. I'm here with Kyle Worley. After the Fact, we just do some quick questions for practical tips related, related to the Bible, theology, and spiritual formation. Kyle, I've got a question for you. Yep. If if our listeners are struggling to think through, like, not just this cultural moment, but like philosophy and history of ideas, it's something they've, like, they've never done before. What is some practical tips you could give to somebody to help make sense of philosophy, culture, and kind of understanding this culture moment? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so it, it can feel a little bit like, um, uh, it can feel a little bit like, wow, there's this sea of ideas. I feel like people are talking about big ideas all the time, and I don't really know where any of these ideas started. And how do I enter in? Right. Like, how what? do I enter in? Because it just feels like, man, this is a conversation that's been going on for so long. That's right. And it can feel often um, like, wow, there. it seems like all of the relevant voices or the voices that you're kind of following or the people who are publishing books or your professors at school, it can feel like, wow, they all know all of this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, oftentimes that's really just a figment. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people who know bits and pieces because nobody can know all things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you begin to try to interact with the history of ideas, I often tell people it's best to kind of take that uh, Reformation mantra of ad fontes, mm. go back to the sources that's good. and try to go to some primary source material. So for example, outside of the scripture, there are very important big works that almost everybody is talking about whether they're talking about them directly or indirectly all the time. And they might even know they're talking about Exactly. It. But they're referencing ideas that have already been explored. So, uh, I mean, if I could just throw out a few of them, Please, just yeah. because I, I think next. that they're big, uh, would be like, you know what, it would probably go back, it'd be important to read Plato's Republic. Mm-hmm. Just because when people are talking about cultural issues, politically, philosophically, Plato's Republic is kind of a keystone document. It's a keystone source. You should go back and look at Plato's Republic. Um, another great example would be the Nicomachean Ethics by Aristotle. This is another big primary source work. I mean, certainly the church has big figureheads like that, mm-hmm. but outside of the church, there are massive towering figures as well. So Plato and Aristotle are maybe two of the biggest. Mm-hmm. But if you were moving beyond that, you'd want to explore the Quran. Like if, if you are somebody who is interested in engaging with issues related to Islam, contemporary Islam, historical beliefs about Islam. Islam is one of the largest religions in the mm-hmm. world and is certainly involved in many conversations about global realities and international policy. If you've never in, if you've never looked at the Quran, it might be worth the consideration of going, you know, what, I, I probably should acquaint myself with the source text of one of the largest religions in the world. So, uh, so going back to some primary source material is tremendously helpful. Um, and then outside of that, it's good to find a couple of good guides to help walk you through the history of ideas. Now, so there are some people that have done a lot of legwork, and this is my, what we call secondary source material. So typically in primary source material, we're talking about the text that other people are going to talk right, about, right? right? So the Quran, the Bible, Plato's Republic, I mean, you, Meditations by Descartes. There's a lot that you could throw in here, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of these big historic works. They're still the test of time and that people are referencing. Secondary source material can be tremendously helpful as a guide Mm -hmm. through a lot of those spaces. Like a commentary is secondary source material on the Bible, right? Right. Right. Systematic theology could be secondary source material. Josephus' antiquities. Mm -hmm. These are examples of secondary source material. So you want to find maybe a good guide. And there are some great guides out there. What would be maybe your top, like, primer for understanding the history of ideas from a Christian perspective? From a Christian perspective, history of ideas. 
Oh man. You know what? John frame has a, has a good book on philosophy and Christian thought Mm -hmm. history of ideas. And he does a good job walking through a brief kind of perspective on different movements and time periods. It's not a bad book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, uh, I, so something like that, and he's a trustworthy source. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, he, he does approach them very self-consciously as a Christian apologist, Right. Mm-hmm. So he is exploring those ideas, maybe in a way that is uh, he, he's quick to kind of assess them. Right. As he goes. Right. So it's not a it's not a neutral history, but that's maybe not what you're looking for. But frame will give you a good perspective on that. Um, and so I think that would probably what do you think be... about Bartholomew and Goheen's Oh, yeah. History of philosophy. Yeah, that's a good one. too. I recommend that one a lot because they also have that work that we use in the training program on the drama of scripture. And yeah. so it's real, like I love reading those books kind of side by side because it tells the story of the Bible and then it tells the story of the history of ideas basically flowing from the yes. Bible. Crossway has a great series too that it's like little brief introductions. And one of my former professors, David Noggle, he has a great mm-hmm. one on philosophy. Okay. That's like a brief introduction to philosophy from a Christian perspective. It's less than a hundred pages. And I, I, maybe it sounds like we're using philosophy as as a substitute for history of ideas, but that's because by and large kind of history of ideas can fall under kind of the discipline of philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, because it's not just the history of like what the dates are, right. Or who were the relevant players, but what were the big ideas that were being discussed? So last question for you related to this, Uh keep this 30 seconds or less. (sighs) Thank you. Why should somebody care about this? Well, because we're not operating like the world has never operated in an ideological vacuum Mm. or in an ideas vacuum. Like, it's very easy for us to talk about Bible times and imagine that the only thing happening in the world at the time was what we find written in the Bible. And that's almost not the, n- never the case. There are big things happening across the world from the moment that the story starts. And it's important for us to understand that even from just a history of redemption perspective, after Babel, the world is scattered Mm -hmm. and ideas are emerging and Mm -hmm. thinkers are starting. Like a lot of times people don't know that Plato and Aristotle were figures that came before Jesus. Right. So it's like, you know, you're thinking about, do you think that maybe two of the biggest intellectual figures in the history of ideas might've had a formative influence on the Greco Roman culture that Paul was going to be doing missionary work in? You better believe it. Yeah. And they, uh, Jonathan Pennington, our friend, would say that Jesus was very self-consciously interacting with those yes. ideas. Yes. Yeah, his a Sermon on the Mount and Human Flourishing. That's right. Um, and I think Pennington's actually working on a book right now. It's Jesus as a Philosopher. He is. Which will be, I, I'm sure, will be the best book on that topic once it's out. So what you're saying is, is, is that as a Christian, my primary responsibility as a disciple of Jesus is to grow in my knowledge of God. Yes. But that I'm probably unconscious or unaware of how influenced I've been by the history of ideas, which is the filters through which I'm reading my understanding of God. Absolutely. And so as Christians, we have an opportunity to grow by both exploring primary sources as we can, but also engaging helpful, healthy Christian secondary sources that give the history. Yeah. I think the last thing for me is this. I think that there can be a hesitancy around people to do that because they're like, well, I don't want to compromise my Christian faith. But I like to tell people that orthodoxy gives us a strong foundation to be intellectually promiscuous. Mm. We can explore other ideas because we're on the stable ground of convictional certitude about these things. Because of that, we can go out and engage with ideas from various thinkers, various worldviews, backgrounds, Christian or non-Christian with great confidence as long as we're rooting ourselves in the word of God, because it is stable and steadfast, even if those ideas are shifting and changing. I love that. As you know, not even in this conversation, but when we just get to hang out, I love having these conversations with you. You're really, really good in this space. So uh, I think that'll be helpful for our listeners. And so thanks for joining us on this episode of After the Fact from the Knowing Faith podcast.